Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Yeah, hello everybody to today's uh, episode of The Bullpen. I'm Les Vogler, joined by my brother Lauren Vogler. We are owners of Vogler Seaman Center, Nebraska Bull Service, and Vogler Cattle. Today we are joined by uh, Dr. Jamie Kochwer of McCook, Nebraska. She is the chief vet for our Nebraska Bull Service location in McCook. But before we get to uh, get to that, I just want to make a couple of announcements uh, that are going on out at NBS and Vogler Siemens Center uh, during the fall. I want to make sure everybody knows that you can receive your first 50 units free with a minimum of 200 units collected uh, at the bull set as long as uh, the IVF spots are filling up in a hurry, folks. So if you have some cows you want to get in for uh, some IVF uh, flushes, uh, go ahead and give either Mel or Michelle a call at the respected offices uh, because, like I said, those spots are filling up fast. So once again, I would like to uh, welcome, I call her Dr. Jamie. I'll let her say her last name. I always butcher it. But uh, Dr. Jamie, she grew up in the Sand Hills of Nebraska on a very diversified farm. She received her Bachelor's of Science degree from Shadron State in 2005 and their Doctor of Veterinary Medicine degree from Kansas State University in 2008 and the Master's of Science degree from K-State in 2009. After six years of a private mixed animal veterinary practice, she did spend two years as the manager of Nebraska Bull Service in McCook, Nebraska, and a, and a veterinarian at the same time while doing mobile veterinary services. In 2015, she started her own full-time mobile mixed animal veterinary service. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our all two listeners to our podcast, uh, welcome Dr. Jamie. So, you want to go ahead and say your, say your last name, Dr. Jamie? So... Yes, Dr. Jamie Kochwar. Ah, there we go. I, I I just have trouble with that. I just like Dr. I hope that doesn't bother you. I just call you Dr. No. Jamie. So No, so. I should have never changed my married name. Uh, there you go. <laughs> my maiden name was Woods, so that's what well, you There you go. Ja- Jamie Wood or Jamie Woods? Wood, singular. Well that, well, that would be a lot easier for me. I know. So. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I could go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if a lot of us could do some stuff like that. So, right. but anyway, uh, some more. Right now, Doctor, to anybody that doesn't know, uh, Doctor Jamie is uh, the head vet for uh, for Lauren and myself and all the folks out in Nebraska Bull Service. Does an outstanding job uh, monitoring all the bulls' health and uh, does all of our paperwork for the foreign or international shipment. Which is, uh, if we want to, we can get into that, but. Uh, she is the go-to person out there when we have people, when we have the bulls come in, and she knows all the regulations to go uh, to wherever that semen needs to be shipped to. But uh, I think today, Doctor Jamie, there's some issues going on in this in not only Nebraska but other states with a with a basically a specific disease or whatever that was just maybe a month ago just kind of surfaced. Can you give us a little update on and what's happening with that right now? Absolutely. So the disease is vesicular stomatitis or 
We call it VS for short. Mm -hmm. And it's a viral disease. It's transmitted by insect vectors. So if an insect, like a biting midge or mosquito, bites a positive horse or cow or sheep or goats can have it as well. Mm -hmm. And then bites your animal, it'll be transmitted through the saliva of that biting insect. And the most common clinical signs that you will see is blisters around the mouth, but you can also see blisters between the toes or on the teeth of a lactating animal. Mm -hmm. And the biggest cause for concern is that it mimics foot and mouth disease. So until the animal's tested, we don't know that it's not foot and mouth disease. Right, which if that that were the case, that would be horrific for, uh, for the beef industry. Absolutely. If, if that hit us. So is it my understanding? I mean, I don't know where this, I, I believe it's in an affected horse right now in Nebraska. That's correct. There was a positive case in Lincoln County in a horse. And horses, unfortunately, get more exposure due to their traveling nature. So, you know, a horse could be in Colorado today and you know, South Dakota tomorrow and, and have a, a positive mosquito bite them in Colorado and carry it with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's really, is there is there any way that you can prevent that? There are no vaccines against it right now? That's correct. There are no vaccines. The most important thing is good biosecurity, so yeah. fly control, and also making sure your horse isn't in contact with any other animals or your cattle aren't in contact. So Nebraska State Fair is going on now yeah. for yeah. the weekend, yeah. and uh, I know the veterinarians there are very vigilant. They're going to be checking the animals there every day for signs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if your animal was exposed, it will take anywhere from two to eight days before they start to show symptoms. Mm-hmm. Now, what is, is is there much of a mortality rate with, with this particular disease? No, not unless there's some kind of infection that sets in on those blisters. Um, the most common thing is they'll start to slobber because their mouth is painful. They may go off feed or just maybe not eat as much as they were before. So it shouldn't be fatal, but they can lose condition and um, possibly have some secondary infections that set in. So right now, right now, just the one, just the one case is is all what there is. So that's correct. Yep, and and how and any idea how much longer those animals are going to be quarantined? Is there any update on that? Or usually they quarantine them for two weeks. Um, they uh, statements for the state fair on the health certificates. We are having to write that there has not been any contact in the past thirty days. So I'm sure there can be some changes with the quarantine time. Right. Okay. Okay. So another thing that just really pretty much amazes me about you for i mean first i applaud you for being a vet but uh you're a woman vet out there in the middle of cattle country i mean uh so you pull calves you break check cows you do you do everything the guys do don't you right yep and very good so what's do you have any particular stories that you would like to share yeah oh gosh um i wouldn't know where to start yeah there's there's a lot of stories. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I never took no for an answer, though, yeah. as a kid growing up. Um, you know, I always knew that's what I wanted to do. And I guess growing up on a farm, I realized that there was a lot more to it than just showing up and saving the day. You had to uh, maintain a relationship with that client. Um, you had to take 
really good care of the client and their animals in order to be asked back out and you know everyone's been very supportive of me but I wouldn't say that that's always been the case so yeah. um, if you just maintain your professionalism in the community and um, always have that approachable nature I think you're going to win over the most stubborn people eventually exactly what what is i mean i know you're busy year-round but what is what is uh a typical day like say i think cabin season out in that area probably march and april do you get much sleep Um, no honestly (laughs) i've got such a diversity of clients i joked i started preg checking last saturday and i joked it would probably go for the next six months because i have uh, purebred breeders that want to preg check early and then I have people who wait till they get the, the cows off grass or maybe they're hauling them off a set of corn stalks then they will preg in January right. and calf in April so yep. you know it, it really calving season is probably January to June for yeah. me mm-hmm. um, and the thick of it is February March yeah uh, you know you could get a call middle of the night every night for a week or you could get one a month yeah. and sleep just fine the rest yeah. of the time. So it's very unpredictable. Yeah, and, and, so. and, and I'm sure some of the situations you may be out in the middle of a cornfield or you may be in a nice place inside. You never that's the one thing uh, you never know what you're going to run into when you go to certain right. places. So Absolutely. You kind of have to have a backup plan and then you need a plan <laughs> if that doesn't work either. Yeah, yeah. So say, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I've tied cows to my bumper of my pickup before just to get them treated. So. Yeah, exactly. So can are you a good roper? Can you rope? Oh, no. No? <laughs> no, not at all. But I do have some cowboys I can call if I need Yeah, to. there you go. There are some good cowboys out in that area. So I know this uh, this last winter's uh, leading up to cabin season was really trying for a lot of people. What... Uh, I mean, what what would you suggest now? A lot of these bulls, you know, for the spring spring cabin uh, guys, they're pulling those bulls. What what would you suggest they they kind of do to some of those bulls to maybe prepare them to come back to NBS so they can start producing good semen? Is there anything? I mean, a lot of these bulls may come off. Uh, the grass has been been pretty good out there, I think this this summer. So they should come up in pretty good. Uh, condition but is that you have anything special you'd like tell some of those producers what what maybe they could do to their bowl to kind of help them along get them get them ready to come to nbs and get some semen collected sure so last winter what caught everyone off guard was nutrition um lack of energy and protein in yeah. the cows and the bulls really caught everybody and so really i would encourage you even if the bulls are coming off in good condition now don't just put them in a lot with kosher weed and expect them to be able to produce good semen for you when you need it. You need to maintain that good nutrition. And along with that good vitamin and mineral supplementation is critical. Yeah. Uh, You can't empty them out and then expect them to do well. Right. Exactly. Some things that I've seen this fall is pink eyes and foot rots have been pretty bad. So make sure you're watching them. You know, get them up, walk them around every day, look at their eyes, make sure they're not tearing or having any problems. Because if you can catch that early, you've got a lot better chance at maintaining a good breeding animal instead of a salvage slaughter animal. Right, exactly. And as, as you and I both know, foot rot is uh, 
it can affect semen in a heartbeat. And then, and, what, oh, and, and, and once that does, we're looking at 45 to 60 days to turn that bull around. So, yes. uh, and you may go out there one day and the bull's walking fine. And the next day he can barely move. Well, it's, it is really one of the most common things that, that we see, I think in the bull set is those bulls coming in, uh, that have had a case of foot rot or, or, or something like that. So that's, and the sooner you can get it treated, the best chance you have at curing it. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, now it's, it's September. So you're getting into some preg checking and some other stuff. Um, and with the fairs going around, I mean, uh, do you get much, much time for your, for, for your family or you just, you just work all the time? <laughs> well, I, I think my clients are a pretty special group of people. And so I want to take good care of them. Um, you know, I hope to be able to make it to the state fair this weekend, but if I don't, it's because I'm AIing <laughs> one of my clients' dogs. Um, oh. oh, we've been trying for several heat cycles to get this girl settled, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, things have worked against us. The last time, the male didn't quite know what he was doing. So yeah. if if we can't get him to figure it out, I'm going to be AIing her instead. So well, there you go. So so will you, will you surgically AI her or just? No, no, we'll manually collect him, and uh -huh. then using a pipette, we'll just vaginally yep, inseminate yep. her. Yep, I have done. I have done one dog before, maybe two dogs. Uh, it's, yeah, it's interesting. We all know that. So yeah, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> not it's, for the faint of heart. No, it's not. <laughs> So, but the, uh, let's go back, backtrack a little bit as far as some importing and exporting some of this semen. What, I mean, obviously different countries have different rules, but Absolutely. I mean, from my standpoint, I mean, and we had a couple of cases out at MBS this year where actually, or maybe one case, and it just blows my mind. This bull was in Canada. He passed all the tests to get to Canada, but they wouldn't let him in the stud in Canada to collect the semen. So... But he could get shipped back to the United States, and we could collect the semen here and send it up there. Right. I mean, it's it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, some of the rules going back and forth. It is, and it goes way back beyond. You know, I mean, spans many years. Yeah. And I know they tweak that over time, and yeah. based on their disease prevalence and mm -hmm. perceived risk of yeah. disease too. Um, there's a lot of diseases that will affect fertility rates, and right. so those are things that they are trying to keep out mm -hmm. of their country. Yeah, yeah, but it's just—I mean, to me, it's like okay, if the bull's up there and he can go breed cows naturally, but he can't go to the stud, but yet right. let's let's send it back to the stud, in the United States, and send semen. But then there are other cases where the where uh, like if they're live, it's it's actually much easier to ship a live animal to some of these other countries than it is to export the semen. Which right. amazes me. So And it's easier to export an embryo too. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of the semen. So I don't know. So it's it, it just creates a lot of paperwork for you and and obviously yeah. uh with some of the bulls we have coming in there, I mean it's you have to I really commend you for keeping up on all the different countries and taking care of all that for us. Really really appreciate that. So well, thank you. It's been an, I've, I've what, learned to just be very meticulous. You yeah. have to make sure you check everything, and things can change over time, too. You want to make sure that they didn't update their list of diseases or certain test types, too. So Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah. I mean, could you just kind of give me, 
just kind of your overview of how Nebraska Bull Service is maybe set up as far as health wise, uh, how that how that oh, all works out there. It's phenomenal. So uh, you can bring your bull in and have semen collected for domestic use without any additional health testing. But if you have any concerns, you know, like we referenced foot rot or um, for instance, this week I removed a, a wart off of a bull and the owner hadn't even realized that it was there, but we're able to surgically remove and freeze the wart. Um, so if you have those health concerns, we can address those. Also, if you have an interest in exporting to a certain country, we can provide that health testing. Um, it is extensive as far as the time commitment. Yep, exactly. For the bowl, but uh, he comes in, he receives a few tests to get into the isolation facility. He can put up semen in that facility uh, that can be used for domestic use while he's receiving the test. Those take about eight weeks to finish the health testing in the isolation facility, and then he's moved to the CSS resident herd where he will receive tests every six months in order to maintain that exportable semen capability. Yep, exactly, exactly, and that's kind of, that's that's kind of your job. You kind of overview all that stuff and do all the health work and keep it keep up all of the paperwork and stuff for that, which is just really appreciated. And we've had we've had uh, well, I guess ever since uh, our family personally bought that back in 2017, you've been our you've been our head vet and kind of plan on keeping it that way. So. Well, thank uh, you. So, but uh, go ahead, Jamie. Oh, I was just gonna say I've I've been out there since 2013. Um, yep. When before I took over as the manager, um, so I kind of got my feet wet and kind of figured out what yep. I needed to do right and what what to really hone in on. So, you know, in 2015, I just kind of slid right into it, and yep. it's yep. been a very enjoyable time. I've loved every second of being out there, regardless of all the changes that have happened yeah. over time. Yeah, there's been there's been a few changes and stuff. So, yeah, but yeah it's, I I really I think it it was just pretty much a natural fit for us to have you do that because you're you were so familiar with everything and uh, and especially your expertise and and just how uh, precise you are on the test, which is really, I mean, I know it helps Mel out a great deal, <laughs> and Michelle and Jen and everybody else out there at the sure. facility. So, uh, hey. We really, really appreciate your time coming on here. Uh, what's the name of your of your vet practice again, Doctor Jamie? It's Riverview Veterinary Service. Okay. So, uh, do you have a phone number for that people can contact you? Well, so actually, I'm not accepting new clients at oh, this time. You're too busy. So, there you I go. I am. Yes, <laughs> and I want to make sure I take good care of the ones I have that got me to where I'm at. Okay. So. Okay, well, you know that's that's a good thing that that you can that you can recognize that and say, okay, I've got enough load here. To just let me keep my current people happy. So that's yes. that, that's a good problem to have. So <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, well, once again, thanks thanks so much, Doctor Jamie, for coming on today, and uh, I'll be out there shortly, and we'll get together, and uh, maybe we'll go to Copper Mill and have a steak or something. So, okay. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Bullpen, and. Uh, for more information, go to our websites, Vogler Seaman Center or Nebraska Bowl Service. Thanks again. A Parkville Media Production.